Welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to the study to our series entitled Rebuild. Again, we are looking at uh, the book of Nehemiah, the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Remember that he was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes in Persia. And chapter 1 he encountered a number of individuals who came back from Judah, came back from the land of Israel, and he asked, how are things going? What we saw in chapter 1, uh, we looked at the foundation for our future. And what we saw was, uh, part of it is being honest with your situation. Understand where you honestly are. So whether you are looking to grow personally or, or deal with something in your family or as a church, look honestly at the situation. And what Nehemiah heard was this. Things aren't going so well. I mean, the walls and the gates, they're torn down, they're burned down. There's some destruction. It is in need of help. And so Nehemiah's heart began to be burdened, and he was, remember, sitting and weeping and praying and fasting. And so chapter 1 was all about the foundation, about getting ready. Last week, then, we looked at chapter 2. What were some principles, then, of preparation? Foundation is first. Preparation comes next. We said, you've got to wait patiently. Oh, that's a, a challenging one that we don't do so well with. And we saw that waiting time is not wasted time. We can pray and plan and wait we saw that we needed to dream boldly. We pray and plan. It's not just praying and hoping something happens. It's not just planning, but not praying and getting connected to God. We pray and plan. Third, last week we saw we need to recognize accurately. God is at work. Many times you don't see it. I don't see it in your own life, in your own body, in your own family, in your own situation, perhaps even in the church at times. It doesn't seem like things are happening the way you hope or desire. But recognize God's at work. And Nehemiah was recognizing God's hand was upon the situation. And then take a look. Number four was to examine carefully. Remember, Nehemiah went and he examined, he, he walked around, he, he saw with his own eyes, not just things he had heard about, and he began to examine what exactly needed done. Great, great wisdom and advice. If, if you're wanting to move forward, to rebuild, to refresh, to renew something in your home, your life, or here at the church, we are to examine carefully. And we've been in that process of playing, playing, <laughs> maybe a little bit of that, Praying and planning. That's what I meant to say. And throughout this process, I, I've mentioned over this, uh, this year here in 2021, 20, uh, we've had a, an Acts 2 journey and a vision team, and, and we've been praying and planning and individually been praying and planning and, and with the board praying and planning, and we're doing some of this. Examine carefully. There's some things when it comes to our church that we want to take care of. Some things maybe we've talked about for a while, and we believe now is the time. Let's do some of these tasks to take care of the facilities that God's given to us, things on the outside, things on the inside, things when it comes to uh, maybe some of the ministries, outreaches. And so begin to examine carefully. And certainly uh, we've shared some of those things, and others we're continuing to unveil, but we're wanting to make sure that we take care of our parking lot. Now, a number of years ago, we invested many thousands of dollars to resurface what was an original parking lot and was crumbling and falling apart, and that took a whole lot of money. That's the blessing, right? 
the challenge is every so many years you've got to reseal it and stripe it to make sure that it doesn't fall apart and crack again. And that's about where we are. We need to make sure that we reseal, restripe, fill in all the cracks. So the, the blessing is we've got something nice to take care of. The challenge is that's a rather pricey thing to take care of. But we're examining carefully, looking at some of our ceilings, whether it's the sanctuary, whether it's the foyer, whether it's some of our restrooms or hallways. There's some issues over the years that need to take place and take care of. And so the blessing is to get that taken care of and examine how would it be done and how much would it take to be done. We're examining that. There's some other uh, processes and other things, other projects, things that have been talked about for a while, even uh, some uh, funds that have been designated from our women's ministry towards foyer flooring. Examining what could that look like? What might that cost? What are some other little projects, whether it comes to uh, some things with the sound system in our, our speakers or monitors or wiring or cords, a, a variety of things and projects, examining carefully. What are things that would help to take care of our facility? What are some things that would help to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ even more effectively? Examine carefully. And then last, last week, we took a look at the thought of involving confidently. Once Nehemiah examined, once he saw what needed to be done, then he began sharing. He was involving others in the process. Well, that's where we are then. Chapter 3 is a big chunk of the process. So if you've read in advance, we've kind of given you the little heads up. Hey, next week, here's where we're going. Again, next week is going to be our... Back to church Sunday, so we'll take a one-week pause. So if you've not gotten caught up and read chapters 1, 2, and 3, this is a great week to do so. But if you've read chapter 3, at first glance, it might seem a little dry. It's probably not the most exciting chapter of Scripture. Some people put it up on par with genealogies of Scripture. How many of you love reading genealogies? You know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. It's often not the most fun part of Scripture. In fact, one commentator referred to chapter 3 as, quote, a colorless memorandum of assignments. That's a pretty accurate description. It's a memo, verse by verse, of assignments. Now, for time's sake, because it's a pretty lengthy chapter, and there's a whole bunch of... Uh, Difficult to pronounce names and places. We're not going to read every single verse of the chapter. We're going to kind of give you some highlights. But let me clue you in. As you take a look and read it on your own, I want you to visualize a little bit of a clock. So some of you are, are spatial and, and you think that way. Others, not so much. But as we begin at the very beginning of chapter 3 and the first project, the first part of this uh, rebuilding process... The first wall or gate is basically going to be kind of on the northeastern corner of Jerusalem. And as you, as you read your way through chapter 3, you're going to see gate after gate or portion of the wall after portion of the wall. It is not haphazard. It's not like they go this place and that place. It is sequential. And so as you take a look, the northeast corner... They actually work their way counterclockwise around the city, gate by gate, wall by wall, until they end up basically where they start. 
So as you read all these gates and you see all these places, it probably has no bearing. You say, where in the world is this? But it starts up here, works its way around the circle, although it's not so much of a circle city. But it works its way all the way around gates and walls in a sequential order. So though it's not maybe the most exciting part of Scripture, there are some incredible insights for you and me today. And so we're going to give a little bit of an overview. And uh, the theme for today, what are some requirements of rebuilding? Requirements. We've looked at the foundation. We've looked at preparation. But now they're going to get started and do some of the work. So as they're working, what are some of the requirements? And the first requirement is this. We must start with God. Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the sheep gate. Again, more on the northeast corner of that city. It says they dedicated it, set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel. So they started with this gate and worked their way through these towers. They're working on this process, but they start, what's interesting, they start with the sheep gate. And we say, I have no idea what the sheep gate is or where in the city it is. Again, it's that northeast corner. It is the closest access to the temple. Closest access to the temple, the, the place where... And this is the sheep gate, the Old Testament. You might remember there were a lot of sacrifices, animal sacrifices that were needed to be done. The sheep gate is where the sheep were brought, most of which to prepare for these sacrifices. So out of all of the sections of wall, out of all of these components of the gates, and you're going to see a lot of people and a lot of gates and a lot of wall portions, where do they start? They start closest to the temple, closest to where the presence of God is. It's another way of saying, put God first. And, you know, when it comes to our own lives individually, when it comes to our families, when it comes to our jobs, when it, when it comes to a church, we are to put God first. Working is good, but let us start with God. Put him first. Start with God. God, the, the relationship with God is first and foremost. There's a lot of things we can do in our life. There's a lot of things you might want to rebuild or rework or refresh when it comes to your, uh, your personal life or family life, your job life. But it all comes secondary to a walk into a relationship with God. We've got to start with God. And it was interesting, two different times here in verse 1, it says that they dedicated it they began the work closest to the the, the temple and they completed a portion and dedicated it sanctified it they're, they're saying god we are doing this for you you and i and whatever we do and when it comes to rebuilding or reworking or renewing or refreshing uh, whatever maybe god's nudging you about personally there's some great things and some great steps and some great principles but it starts with God. Are we making sure that we are in his word, in his book on a regular daily basis? Start with him. 
Don't just start doing stuff for him and neglect time with him. Because that can be the challenge, right? We can often get so busy with stuff for God. I would say, I'm doing some great things for him. I just don't have time to spend with him. We've got to flip that around, don't we? Start with God. Make time with him the priority. Now, as you're about to see, and again, we, we won't read every verse as you work your way through chapter 3, there's many gates, many wall sections. But where did they start? Closest to the temple. It's all about priority. It's all about making sure you and I, we start our life, we start our day. Everything begins with our relationship with God. So I want to encourage you. And it seems, you know, just about every message or series at some point is going to come back to making sure we spend time with God, getting in his word, getting into a time of prayer, getting into that relationship with him, that though there's a lot of things that take up our time, whether that's school or family or job or etc., make sure that we prioritize and we spend time with him. Start with God. So that's a a first requirement. If you and I are wanting to rebuild, if we're wanting to renew, if we're wanting to refresh our life, our our ministry, our our time here at the the church, I mean, there's a lot of things we are looking to do. We're talking about some projects. But before doing projects, let's make sure that we individually and we as a church, as a whole, we are starting with God. We are growing in God. That is most important. Yes, we want to take care of the facility he's given to us. And yes, we want to do some things that hopefully will, will help to uh, maybe be a little more functional, or a little more flexible, or, or maybe to reach out in a little bit better way. But all of those things are secondary to starting with God. Personally, individually, as a family, as a church, let us start with God. Second, Not only are we to start with God, here's another principle or requirement for us. We are to exercise humility. How many of you are awesome at being humble? I mean, you are like the most humble person ever. I get any hands? No hands? Exercise humility. Uh, This is something that kind of stuck out. We're going to drop down to Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 4. 14, it, it might be one of the most unique names that you come across in verse uh, chapter 3. It says, The dung gate was repaired by Malchijah, son of Rechab, the leader of the Beth Hakarim district. He rebuilt it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Okay, the dung gate. We've heard of a dung beetle probably, in in biology or something like that. This is the dung gate. And it pretty much stands for what you think it would stand for. It's kind of like the refuse, the garbage of the place, the garbage of the city taken there to the dung gate. Probably not the greatest smelling portion of the city of Jerusalem. How many of you agree that that's probably a pretty, pretty safe bet there? 
the rubbish was brought. And, and so this is in verse 14. We, we skipped over some things. And then we started in kind of that northeast corner. And, and by verse 14, we're actually towards the southern end, southern tip of the city. But it's right near the garbage dump, probably, you know, low on the list of priority and excitement of getting things done. I mean, pitching in and helping and working, many people will do that. But no, I don't want to clean toilets. And here's the dung gate. The rubbish, the garbage, the refuse don't know all of the details of that. We certainly know they did not have the nice plumbing features that we have today. So that's a portion of this city, and it needed to be repaired. And guess what? Here is someone, in fact, leader of a district, who says, I'm going to step up. This is something that needs done. It's important. It's not glamorous. It might not be the, uh, you know, the number one thing as far as the, the most important gate or section of wall, but here is Malkijah exercising humility who's ready to get his hands dirty and maybe even a little smelly in there. In the process of working, in the process of growing individually as a, a family, as a home, as a church, there are some things that will require humility. Because not everything that needs done is going to be glamorous. Not everything that needs done or gets done will everybody ever know about. There's a lot of things that take place in our church. That a lot of people never knew about. This needed done and somebody took care of it. This needed done and, and somebody bought this part or installed this or did that. There, there's a lot of things that nobody knows about. And as we continue to move forward, there's in some of these projects, there's some things that are going to be, you know, very visible. And there's some things that are not going to be so visible. But as we learn and as we grow individually in our walk with God, allow that to be in an area of humility. I think I've mentioned at some point over the, the years of being here, my internship as a student in college, Central Bible College, I went to James River Assembly of God, it was a, a large church, and I was uh, able to do my internship there. This was back in the summer of 1995. Yes, back in that other century, girls, I was just, you know, eons ago. <laughs> Makes me feel old. But in 1995, I was doing an internship, and I was fortunate to be able to get in and to do it at James River, and they gave an internship job description. What, what should I be aware? As an intern, I was going to come into the church so many hours uh, a week, uh, over so many weeks in the summer, and I would help out in some of these different areas and help some of the different pastors and staff pastors and secretaries, etc. And I'll never forget this particular phrase or sentence under the job description that the intern should be ready and willing and able to sweep the parking lot. Now, we have a smaller rural church here in Alger, Ohio, but could you imagine going out to our parking lot with a broom and sweeping all of the stones off the parking lot? Now, imagine a parking lot of a church running in the thousands. Now, full disclosure, I never swept the parking lot. 
The item was in the job description, and it was mentioned it was in the job description for the attitude and aspect of be ready to do anything and everything when it comes to ministry. Nothing is beneath you. So no, I, I did not sweep the parking lot, but I did clean some bathrooms. I did run the sweeper. I did duplicate some tapes and CDs. Tapes are things uh, in these ancient objects. We would, we would put it in and press play. I, I duplicated some of those things for the, uh, the ministry. I helped out the, uh, the secretaries quite a bit. I was asking, what else can I run off for you and copy for you and fold for you and cut for you? They had a lot of paper to do. The aspect was, be ready to do anything when it comes to ministry. Nothing is beneath you. I'd grown up in that. My dad's been a pastor. As I've mentioned, he pastored over 40-some years, preached and evangelized for going to know the Lord many years ago. But when it comes to ministry, exercise humility. But when it comes to our own personal walk with God, exercise humility. We're a work in progress, right? And other people are a work in progress. And so we've got to understand we don't have it all together. They probably don't have it all together. So let's, let's be a work of humility as we interact one with another and as we look to learn and to grow. So some of these requirements from an interesting chapter, Nehemiah chapter 3, it's a lot of people. In fact, there's probably around 40 different names that are mentioned in about 40 different places or segments of a wall that are mentioned. It's a lot of details and seeming minutia, but it's presenting us with some requirements. Make sure that we start with God. Make sure that we exercise humility. Here's a third requirement. Make sure that we cultivate generosity. Cultivate generosity. Verse 13, it says that the valley gate was repaired by the people from Zanoah, led by Hanun. They set up its doors and installed its bolts and bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of wall to the dung gate. Let's stop right there. 1,500 feet of wall. Now, you might have a, a little driveway. You might have a, a house. And just imagine 1,500 feet of wall that would need to be repaired. That's a massive segment. Now, some of these gates or wall segments or sections were probably in better shape or better condition than others. But still, 1,500 feet. They were, they were willing and generous. They were cultivating generosity. We will take care of this section. How many of you know there's probably some small sections that were much, much smaller than 1,500 feet? Those needed done as well. But there were some large sections, such as this one, 1,500 feet. Drop down to verse 20. Here's another thought about cultivating generosity. It says, next to him was Baruch, son of Zebai, who zealously repaired an additional section from the angle of the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Multiple times in here. 
as you work your way through chapter three, there's a handful of people who not only repaired one section, not only repaired maybe the section in front of their house or the section that was nearest to them, but they repaired an additional section. They, they didn't just say, okay, I'm done, cross my arms, you know, you figure out what you're going to do. There is this aspect of generosity to say, there's still more work to be done. So I've completed what I've worked on. Let me go and work on another section of the wall. And I like that. It says that he zealously repaired. That, that attitude of humility, that attitude of work, that attitude of generosity to say, listen, this is work, but I'm energetically, zealously taking care of this project. Drop down a few more verses to 24. It says, next to him, Benui, son of Henadad, repaired another section from Azariah's house to the angle and the corner. Yet another individual who says, not only am I going to do what I've been assigned to, I'm going to take care of something else. Still more work to be done. And in verse 27, next to them, the men of Tekoa repaired another section from the great projecting tower to the wall of Ophel. Now, as you work your way through this chapter, not everybody is specifically in this city. You'll see some of the different people are mentioned from other places. Some of them are traveling 15 to 20 miles without the car, the truck, the train. So we're talking a lot of travel to get here, to help out, to generously work on a project that, let's be honest, doesn't affect them. They don't live in the city with the gates and walls that are torn down, broken down, burned down. They're from outside of the city, but they recognize the job, the task, the project needs completed. There's a, a generous outlook from these individuals, many of them traveling miles. Listen, generosity of time and resources, the, the time that they had, they said, listen, when we're done with our project and there's still more to do, we're going to jump in. We're going to pitch in. We'll do a second section of the wall. How many of you know when it comes to the, the kingdom work, the work for God? It's never finished. Now, specifically in our church and our rebuilding and refreshing, there's, there's a number of projects, and, and little by little as we share about some of those things, you know, there's, there's a, a handful of things we say, okay, well, we complete this, and, and then maybe there's another one, and maybe another one, and, and we'll try to work through some of these things. Maybe check some of those items off the list. But spiritually, when it comes to working for the Lord... Okay, I read my Bible and I prayed and I was a, an example of Jesus Christ today. Great, pat yourself on the back, but what about tomorrow? There's still more work to be done. How many of you, maybe you've got a family member, you still have at least one family member that does not know Jesus. More work to be done. Maybe a coworker. Maybe a classmate, maybe somebody in the community who does not know Jesus, still more work to be done. That's why we continue to have more and more missionaries. Part of our goal, Ohio for Jesus, is, is to reach people for Jesus, to train up and equip leaders, to plant churches, and to increase the money given to missions and the number of missionaries that go out. Why? Because the work is not done. 
there's still more work to be done. Missionaries that we have come in, there's still people across this world who have never heard about Jesus. And that's, that's hard for us to understand. Many of us have multiple Bibles. There's Christian radio stations and, and television station and cable stations. We've got a lot of access to Jesus. A lot of people don't. And there's still so much work to be done. And so as we work our way through this chapter, we see there's a lot of generosity of the people. It's not just, I'll do my little slice, I'll do my little section, and then I'm done. It's, there's still more work to be done, and so I'm going to pitch in. This, this was hard back-breaking work. Rebuilding a wall, rebuilding and refashioning of the gates, all in the midst of probably some hot sun, and as we're about to see in some future weeks, a whole lot of opposition. This was not easy work. But there was a, a heart and an attitude of generosity. I want to challenge and I want to encourage us. Maybe they looked at this project and they saw, well, there's, there's many, 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 many feet of wall and, and many sections and many gates and, and there's a, a lot to do. How can we do it? It's the generosity of people who are pitching in. Maybe we look at the same thing. We start mentioning some of our projects. And some of your eyes maybe started going up as I started talking about a parking lot project that, that could be in the thousands. Start looking at maybe a, a ceiling project that as well between our various rooms could be in the thousands. Start looking at a flooring project which could be in the thousands. And then look at some other aspects and categories. Now, certainly there's some smaller things, $20 for this or $10 cord, some updates and things. But there are a lot of items that we would like to take care of in the house of God and some projects to take care of to be more effective in presenting and proclaiming the word of God. Generosity, pitching in together. I would encourage you to begin prayerfully considering what you might be able to do in the coming weeks and or months. We do have a project fund. You can market project or building. And uh, we're looking to use some of those funds, use some of what's been set aside, use some of what we would give in, in coming weeks to see how many of these projects, how complete of these projects can we do to take care of the work that needs done. Chapter 3 they start with God. They exercise humility. They cultivate generosity. Here's a final thought for us. The requirement is to include everyone. Include everyone. So let's take a handful of scriptures here from chapter 3. Verse 8, we read this. Next was Uziel, son of Harhiah, a goldsmith by trade who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. So you've got a goldsmith as well as a perfumer working on the wall. They were including everyone. Verse 12, Shalom, son of Halohesh, and his daughters repaired the next section. He was a leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. Already, just a, a handful of verses, a handful of scriptures, we're seeing men and women, young and old, leaders and uh, workers, perfumer and a goldsmith, everyone is included. Drop down to verse 22, it says, the next repairs were made by the priests 
from the surrounding region. The spiritual leaders were in, as a part of that. Verse 31, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the wall as far as the housing for the temple servants and merchants across from the inspection gates, continued as far as the upper room at the corner. Verse 32, the other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from that corner to the sheep gate. We're giving you an overview. But in this chapter, that word section, you'll see that 10 to 15 times. They're talking about a section of wall. And everybody's taking part. Everybody's got a part to play. That doesn't mean that one person's doing it all. A lot of people are pitching in. And people from all walks of life. It wasn't Nehemiah alone. It wasn't Malchijah alone. It wasn't one priest. It wasn't one goldsmith. It wasn't one perfumer. Everybody was working together. It's the same way for the kingdom of God. Everybody with a part to play. When it comes to ministry, when it comes to a church, there's a lot of different functions and components of a church, and we've got a lot of different parts that we can play. I like the fact everybody's included here. Not once did I see general contractor or construction worker or carpenter. Boy, that would have been helpful, I would imagine. They, they used who they had, and they worked together to get the job done. It's awesome, including everyone. Now, again, as you work your way through chapter 3, pay attention to a handful of these Little clues. You'll see the word next, or you'll see the word beyond, or next to him, or next to them. You'll see phrases like that, after him, after then. As they're going all the way around this, this wall, they're saying this person, but after him, next to them. It was talking, and it really kind of brings this thought about unity together, working together. Everybody had a part to play. It's not this person doing it on their own, and, well, way down over here. It was orderly. It was sequential. Here's the people working, but right next to them, right beyond them, here's another group. Here's another individual. It's this person and his daughters. It's this person and their family. Read through chapter 3. And try to count how many times you see some version of next, next to him, next to them, after him, after them, beyond. I came up with right around 30. And it probably depends on your version or translation. 25 to 30 references to that. They're all working together. Everybody's involved. They might not all be doing the exact same thing. And they're not always at the exact same place. Everybody had a part to play. It's the same in the body of Christ. There's a lot of different skill sets and talents and, and physical abilities and knowledges and, and work sites, people who have had experience with this and other people who haven't. But everybody doing something on the wall in the church, everybody doing something for the cause of Christ, reaching, telling, sharing about Jesus. We have got a part to play. Paul shares about this in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In fact, in the New Testament, remember, he talks about the parts of the body. How many of you, you need an eye? And if you've got uh, problems with eyesight or for some who have lost an eye, it makes it a little bit challenging. Eyes are, are pretty, pretty critical, 
But so are ears. I mean, you need ears to hear. And, and maybe people have some challenges with hearing. How about our mouth? Oh, boy, we sure love to allow our mouth to do some work, either in the talking or the eating department. But you, start, you start thinking about every aspect, every part of our body. There's, there's a part. There's a reason for that. And when one part of your body hurts, it might be a, a little pinky toe. It might be a pinking on a hand, but you've got an owie in your body. The rest of your body kind of hurts. It, it's kind of blah. Just one part of your body. Same thing in the body of Christ. We're, we're all needed. We're all necessary. We don't all do the exact same thing or the exact same function, but we are all necessary. So the New Testament, Paul carries some of those thoughts. A lot of what we see visualized in Nehemiah Chapter 3, everybody has a part to play. Everybody working together. Every member of the body is important. And I'm thankful. We take a look at many of the ministries that we have, some of the outreaches that we do, some of the events that have taken place, even in some of our refreshing and rebuilding, this, this process of chairs coming in and pews going out and work that needs to be done. We've had a variety of different kinds of people help. Thankful for that. And guess what? Some of the other projects that we're looking to move forward to is going to take a variety of different people. So chapter 3, it seems, boy, it seems maybe a little dry. It seems a little uh, just like a list of people and places. But understand some of these great requirements, some, some principles for you and I. Whatever it is that you are looking to rebuild, renew, refresh, make sure that you start with God. Make sure that we exercise humility in the process, cultivate generosity, and look to be sure to include everyone. 